You know, as you look at God's word, uh, we assume it's true. It, it, it makes that claim for itself. Jesus said, thy word is truth. And throughout the scripture, when he would say uh, uh, very demonstrative things that sometimes would surprise people, he would say truly. And when he was really going to surprise them, he would say truly, truly, I say to you. And so it's really all about the truth. But it's not only just truth in, in, the, in the sense of maybe its essence, but it's also very, very practical. It's truth that changes our lives. You know, Jesus said in one of the more familiar statements, you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. So it's not simply an academic statement that, the, that God's word is true. It, it changes lives because it's so practical and brings us right to the place of where we all live. And many of the truths in Scripture really are applicable whether you know the Lord or not. Of course, the whole point is to bring you to the person who is truth personified. But there are just principles of life, just like there's a principle of gravity. When you jump off a building, you're going you're gonna to fall. Uh, and there's a principle of life that God has just put together. And when people live that way, their life is lived more according to his objective plan that's true for everybody. Well, this morning we're going to be looking at a truth uh, that really applies to everybody. It's the, it's the truth about relationships. Uh, whether you know the Lord or not, you have people around you, and it's better if you could just get along, right? It's just, can we, can't we just get along? And we just came from the Thanksgiving season, and I'm sure uh, we all think, you know, in the most positive ways when we approach that season, but sometimes that, that Thanksgiving event doesn't quite reach up to our what? Expectations. And maybe it's not as quite as, as special as ones we thought of in the past. And it, it might be because of just circumstances, but it also might be because there's some unresolved issues with people or some issues started at the event itself. And so we're going to look at that in the life of Jesus here as he continues to teach not only through word, but through modeling examples and responding and, uh, to people as they do life. And maybe we can kind of look in and see as he shares truths about relationships. Now, I always uh, have to struggle because I'm, I'm so tempted always to give a lot of background before we get into the text, and then I don't have a lot, a lot of time to deal with the text. But, but as we look at the Gospel of Luke, it is, it is interesting as, as the Holy Spirit inspires him to record the life of Jesus. And of all the things that happen in the life of Jesus, some they're repeated in all four Gospels, but some it's only repeated or only mentioned in, in one account. And this is true about the section we're going to look at today. And it's also interesting in, in terms of what has just been recorded before we get to this text. Last week, we looked at the truth about the story of the Good Samaritan. And often we think about that as a story about relationships as well. How about the relationships of people that you aren't necessarily close to, maybe never met, and all of a sudden there's a need, and are you going to walk by it? Are you going to help? But it was really brought out, not only dealing with relationships with people that you encounter with need, but, but really realizing that there's a, there's a greater relationship you might want to make sure you've got established, and that's relationship with God. Because that story of the Good Samaritan was in response to a question. What must I do to inherit eternal life? And, and really the answer was that you've got to be better than the Good Samaritan or as good as the Good Samaritan. And the reality is you can't. And so you better desperately need someone who's going to rescue you from how much you fall short. How good do you, do you need to be to have a relation with God? A lot gooder than you are, let's be honest. Bad grammar but good theology. And then you look at this story, which is a familiar story. It's a very short story with the story of Mary and Martha. And, and again, it's about relationships. 
And even in that, initially you think about it, it's the relationship between Mary and Martha and their conflict and how is it going to be resolved. And that is part of what's going to go on, and we're going to spend some time in that. But again, it gets back to the vertical, which I would say this, this is the challenge for all of us. God's principles work for anybody, but if you're really going to get to the heart of the message and the truth of the message of this book, it's about knowing Him. Because you can get a lot of things right in this life, but if you don't get it right with God, what, what are you left with? And that's why Jesus would say, what is a prophet of man if he gains the whole world? You could say gets along with everybody, but loses his soul, loses his life with the maker of his life. Well, let's look at the story. Luke chapter 10, if you have your Bibles, look at 10, Luke chapter 10, verses 38 through 42. I'll read the section, then we'll go back and, and kind of look at some things this morning. Now, as they were traveling along, he, this is Jesus, entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister called Mary, who was seated at the Lord's feet, listening to his word. But Martha was distracted with all her preparations. And she came out to him, this is Jesus, and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the serving alone? Anybody have sisters like that? No, okay, well, you don't need to raise your hand. Then, all, then, then tell her to help me. But the Lord answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and bothered about so many things, but only one thing is necessary. For Mary has chosen the good part, which shall not be taken away from her. Well, what, 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 was, what was Jesus teaching in this response to a family friendship gathering. It probably wasn't at Thanksgiving, but it was the time when Jesus was in town. All of a sudden, he shows up and he encounters Mary and Martha. We don't know. It Probably their brother was Lazarus. We don't hear anything about him in this particular account. But in the midst of just a, a, a host of a, a traveling preacher, this story arises. And so I've entitled this The Truth About Relationships, but I also put it this way, learning what to do and not to do for Mary and Martha. Now, as I was looking about that, I was thinking as a man, do I really want to learn anything from two gals this morning? You know, this is, is this only for the women in our church today? And then maybe I'm thinking if I was a little younger, well, you know, I don't really host anybody in our house because I'm too young to do that. Is this, any, is this, this apply to any, any children or youth or young adults? Or maybe you're a, a widow and you're thinking, I don't have that many people over my house anymore. And how does this apply to me? Well, we're going to try to draw some timeless principles from this. And really, God is always speaking to us. And some of the greatest lessons I've ever learned are from women in my life. With, with the men, you better raise your hand right there. Would you raise your hand, some of the greatest lessons? Okay. Your, your wives just told you to do that. Okay, anyway, so some of the greatest lessons we learn from in our, in, our, in our life is from the women in our life, and we're going to learn it from here. And when you learn lessons, let's be honest, you learn lessons uh, in both a positive and negative way, right? You learn what to do, but sometimes it's really helpful to learn what not to do. And this is what we're going to get here. But I want to be upfront here because uh, my mom is going to be in the second service, and she hates this story. I hate to say this, but I always tell you, you can't hate something in the Bible, okay? But she hates this story because she identifies more with Martha than Mary. And so she thinks somehow Luke got it wrong. You know, he must have left some things out. Okay, I, I'm not here to bash on, Mary, uh, bath, bash on Martha or put Mary on a pedestal. Okay, that, that's not the point here. The point is that there are some lessons God wants us to learn through his son Jesus about how to live life out and what's really important. And what really is important is relationships 
and also relationship, singular. And that's what we're going to see here as we look at some lessons from Mary and Martha. It's not about are you so dedicated that you're not devoted. It's, it's not so much about are you so busy that you're not blessed. Are you, are you a person who's more a worker than a worshiper? That, that, though that is inherent in this passage in a lot of different ways. But it's really about how do you do life? How do you do life with the people in your life? And then how do you do life with the person who is the most important person, the creator of life, and the one who offers you life? Well, let's try try to look at that this morning. So initially, we'll look at it in a broad way, and then we'll get down to the singular point that's the main point of this passage. What do we learn from Mary and Martha? Well, Luke chapter 10, verse 38, going back to the text, it said this, Now as they, this is Jesus and his entourage, we don't know how many people were with him, For traveling along, he entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Now, sometimes the simplest things in the Bible are really kind of intriguing. Did everywhere Jesus went, was he welcomed? No. In fact, we just know recently in the text, in Luke chapter 10, he went to the the Samaritan parts of that land, and they they wouldn't even let him stay a night. Okay, They, They just rejected him. And there were places actually in his own town, uh, he was not as that somewhat familiar passage in Scripture, as a, as a prophet is not honored in his hometown. You know, there were many places where the, the simplest things of having good relationships didn't happen. Can you imagine being after the fact, you know, I, re- I didn't welcome Jesus into my home. I didn't welcome Jesus into my, into my town. In fact, I tried to drive Jesus out of our vicinity. Jesus, this was not the normal or the always experienced part of his life that people welcomed him. And so as we think about having good relationships, can we just begin with that? If you're going to have, this is what Martha did well, if you're going to do well with people, then try to decide you're going to like people. Is that a profound point? That you, that you see as people as important, that you, you welcome them. It's an, interesting, it's an interesting word in the, in the Greek, and I have to just throw that out because you think this is too uh, kind of a little light of a point. It's hupodexomai, and it really has to invite someone in, under your roof, but it's often used not in terms of the physical part of it as an attitude toward people. It's, hupo is a preposition to a, a verb which intensifies the verb. It means receive someone, but receive them really well. And so when Jesus came into town, and it's quite possible in this particular occasion, this is the first time he had met Mary and Martha because it's a certain village. It's not named. We know later on in John it was Bethany, which is a couple miles out of Jerusalem. And he says, a woman named Martha. He could have just said Martha, but it was a woman named Martha. So this could have been possibly the the first encounter. But we, we know that there was some kind of a connection here because later on, in this story, uh, Martha describes Jesus, a rabbi, a teacher, where there's a lot of rabbis and teachers, as Lord. So she had heard about Jesus, and she was impressed with him. She did not reject him. She received him. And she received him into her home and, and was caring for him. You know, the Bible says that that's the kind of people are to be his followers. And 1 Peter 4, 8, 9 says this, Above all, keep fervent in your love for one another because love covers a multitude of sins. And then it says this, Be hospitable 
which really means love strangers, be hospitable to one another without complaint. So I don't care if you're on the campus of a high school or some other school or your neighborhood and and you have your, your pool of friends, but then you have maybe some pool of other people that sometimes people don't receive well but reject. And, and you not only notice the needs of the people in, in your circle, but you begin to realize there are people outside your circle. And you have to decide, are you, are you going to extend yourself? Are you going to receive them? Are you going to welcome them? What, what, what kind of people are we? Are we are people that see that people are important? need to be cared about. And so, you know, you might be thinking right now, maybe there's a, there's a hard person on your block to spend time with, and, and are you willing to spend time with them? Or maybe someone at work or at school or whatever it might be, and are you willing to welcome them into your life? You know, Jesus was, was known. In fact, he even chided people who wanted to follow him. I, I want you to know that the Son of Man has no place to what? To lay his head. Now, we know he was saying that in a general principle because he was able to lay his head at Mary and Martha's home. But that was, that was the common practice of, of Jesus. He had, he had no place to stay. So, so Martha is actually the exception. He, she welcomes in Jesus into her life, and I think that's a principle we ought to, ought to follow after. But then it goes on in this very short story. She had a sister called Mary who was seated at the Lord's feet listening to his word. Now, we've already read the text. So we know, you know where Martha is. She's busy about doing all kinds of preparations for the meal. And preparation is a general word for probably all the house of what they were doing and to prepare to make it a welcoming experience for Jesus. And you know when someone comes over, it's, it's not only the food preparations, but it's everything else in the house that has to be put in order. And all of a sudden now Mary is no longer helping Martha. Now we don't know whether she was helping him before as they anticipate Jesus coming or she wasn't helping at all. But when Jesus got there, she sits at the feet of Jesus. Now I want to see this with the, the, the eyes of Martha. Martha did well. She welcomed Jesus into the home. She wanted to be a good host. She wanted to be hospitable. She wanted to welcome uh, a, a tired traveler into a, a place of rest. And many times when you host people in your home, and usually it's, even in our culture, it's surrounded by food, and there's a lot of preparations for hosting someone into your home. But why are you having in their home? You're having people in their home so you can connect with them and relate with them and, and have meaningful times with them. And Sometimes the responsibility falls more on one person than the other for whatever reason. But if you're a good host, you're going to respond a certain way when you see what your goal should be, people connecting, is actually happening, right? You're looking out from the kitchen, all of a sudden you've seen it, seen it work. And I would put this as a point, that we ought to be excited when we see people talking and listening to each other, even, even if you are left out. And you see that right in the text. This is what Mary did. She, she sat at the feet of Jesus and listened to his every word. 
We have Patsy here up in front, and we just finished the Thanksgiving season, and we all think Patsy's a crazy, crazy lady because, uh, you know, she does two Thanksgivings, you know, Friday and Saturday for a couple hundred people. She, she cooks 10 turkeys or so all on her own because she doesn't want anybody in her kitchen. Anyway, is that, but, but, you know, she does it without complaint, and she's excited when people come to that, those Thanksgiving banquets and are just interacting well and loving being there. And she never feels, I feel left out because I'm in the kitchen, because she sees the purpose of what those are about. And, and let's be honest, have you ever been into a home situation where there was a lot of business going on and, and there was a lot of tension? And the tension was that, that whatever was going to happen, people were going to feel underappreciated for what they were doing or that something wasn't just right or perfect. And it just makes everything go poorly. And we're going to see that in a moment. But, but if, if you're hosting, feel good that the people are connecting. And, and maybe you're just observing. And, and that would have been great if Mary had just spent the time in the kitchen but came out without a complaint. But she came out with a complaint. Now, I want to let you know, that this, is, this was a rather odd setting for, for women to sit at the feet of Jesus. Now, in the Torah, there, it wasn't against the law to have women listen to rabbis, but there were, there were writings fr- about the Torah, basically people who would comment on the Old Testament, and, and this is what they said in, in Soda 10.8. Here's one of the rabbinic traditions. Um, May the words of the Torah be burned if they are handed over to women. Another one in, in Soda 3, 4. The man who teaches his daughter the Torah teaches her extravagance. Jesus was being counterculture, allowing Mary to sit at his feet and to listen to every word that came out of his mouth. And to me, it always shocks me that, that people think the Bible is somehow chauvinistic. Jesus broke the pattern. He invited women into the life of, of God and his word and to living it out. And, and Mary saw that Jesus wanted to teach all who would listen to him. And, and really that is, that is the, the challenge of Scripture, that we ought, to, we ought to taste and see that the Lord is good, that we ought to see that the word of God is living and active, it's able to judge even the thoughts and intentions of our heart. It's able to lead us in the everlasting way. So we ought to long to be with Jesus. And that's what Mary did. And we ought to long to be with people. And sometimes as we think of not only with Jesus, but just being with people, just talking and listening to people makes all the difference. But Martha is bothered by this, and in verse 40 it says this, but Martha was distracted with all her preparations, and she came up to him, this is Jesus, and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the serving alone? Then tell her to help me. Now, the principle here, I would put it this way, and you, we're just hanging you know, some ideas around this, this encounter in the life of Jesus, is, is give up the good so you can do and experience the best. 
It, it was a great thing that, Jesus, that, that Martha invited Jesus into her world and into her home. It, it, was, it was great that Mary went and listened and talked with Jesus. But obviously what happened is Martha was offended that she didn't get, she didn't get in on that, right? And we've all been there. How come they get to do that and I don't get to do that? But as, as you think about that, I want you to understand here is that she, she got so distracted. And the, and the idea here is that she, the word distracted means drawn away. And most people who read this text that write on this text said, say that actually what Martha wanted to do was to be at the feet of Jesus and listen to Jesus. But she felt that she could not because she had too many things to do. So she was drawn away. Her sister was not drawn away or did not go. And so she was upset that she wasn't in where everybody else was in. But what she did, what she did not notice is that the reason she wasn't there was because she had made a choice, right? She had made it a choice to be, it was all about the food. Now, I love to eat. And we just came from a season which... It was all about the food and Thanksgiving, but I have been at Thanksgivings where it was too much about the food, right? And when the food didn't come out perfectly, the host or the people preparing just felt devastated, and it wasn't really about the food. Listen, look at those two verses from Proverbs, Proverbs 15, 17. Better is a dish of vegetables where love is. Now, that that writer of Proverbs is a, is a person like me. I'm not really into vegetables, right? So this is not a compliment. That those of you who like vegetables, you're thinking, oh, that's great. No, this is eating things you don't like to eat. And he's saying, look it, better is something you don't like to eat where love is than what you, what you just enjoy to the highest if there's not love there. Proverbs 17.1, better is a dry morsel and quietness than it is than a house of feasting with strife. Has anybody ever been there where it, the tension is so thick you could cut it? And, and somehow what was the good thing, which is bringing people together, got lost in all the complexity of the preparations. There, there is a place where, where God has called us to be busy, but never be, to be too busy. And, and what she had done here is that she had taken... A, a meal for Jesus and made it into a banquet. And all was needed at that time, if she had been discerning, was something simple rather than something elaborate. And, and there needs to be at times where we, we step back from what we're doing to make sure that the intended purpose ha- happens. I, I was trying to wrestle with this. Um, sometimes we have to give up what we want to do for what we really, really want to do. I was just thinking this past Halloween, um, we, uh, it, was, it was happening on, I think, the sixth game of the World Series. And so uh, me being really spiritual felt that I didn't think we ought to have a dark home on our, we, we, our life group. Actually, half the people were going to come to our life group anyway. So, so we decided we'd cancel our life group. So and I, and I said, well, we shouldn't have a dark house at our, you know, on, on our block. So we ought, to, we ought to give out candy during the thing and be kind to our, our neighbors and that was part of what I was trying to do. But the other part of it was I was saying, I can finally watch a, game, a World Series game. I've missed every single one of them. So, you know, I can have Alice at the door passing out the candy, and I can watch the game. So, so it was all working out. Then all of a sudden, Alice says, you know what we ought to do? We ought to get our, 
our uh, portable campfire and put it in front of our car and be on the street. And then we can see everybody as they go by and talk with them leisurely. And I'm thinking, what are you thinking? This is the sixth game of the World Series. You know, <laughs> you know so, uh, so, you know, the more I thought about it, that didn't sound too spiritual. So anyway, so, so you know, we got out there and it was, it was a great time being out there, just being with people. Missed the sixth game of the World Series, which they actually won. And I, but anyway, uh, but they, uh, but you know what I mean? It's like it, it's it's not about something we really enjoy when there's really something we would enjoy more being with people. Have you ever had that experience where you just realize, look at this is what I'm doing is good, but this is better. And, and there isn't anything better than being with people and talking with them and listening to them and connecting with them. Is there time to be alone? Of course there's time to be alone. You know, they're, they're, I, I mean, they're, I love being with people, but there, but there are times, you know, I will, part of the reason I've gotten lost so many times, you know, I, I like hiking by myself at times. But there are times, I know some, some of you uh, never like to go out to a meal by yourself. There are times I love going out to a meal by myself because I just, I can be alone. But there is nothing more important than connecting with people. I'm not talking about whether you're an introvert or an extrovert. But what, what Martha got caught up in is, is the good which was preparing the food, but she missed the best. And all of a sudden, can you imagine this too? Okay, she, she called him Lord. But, and if you call him Lord, does that seem to imply that you ought to be able to tell the Lord what to do? Right? It was her problem she obviously couldn't solve it. You know, she, she probably had conversation with Mary many, many times. But she comes up to, to Jesus and says, will you fix her? Will you make her go in there and help me? And, and what she was doing, she, she missed that. Number one, you don't tell Jesus what to do. Jesus tells us what to do. And, and, and if you have a problem, you've got to solve it. Don't have somebody else solve it. But she was missing by being so preoccupied with the little things, she was missing the big thing. Have you ever had? I, I'm just trying to think of all kinds of illustrations of that. Um, have you ever felt you couldn't have somebody come over your home because your home didn't look as good as somebody else's home, or, or maybe it wasn't as it was kind of a mess or whatever it might be? I, I, when, when Alice and I started ministry, actually, uh, I had started ministry and we got married, and then we were in youth ministry and we. We, we, we got a home, and we had literally everything in our home was, was given to us. I mean, we, we had used furniture everywhere. In fact, it was so used, Alice made covers for everything around our house. And uh, we were on a pretty tight budget in there. And whenever we had people over, we had turkey hot dogs, turkey hot dogs. And, and we, didn't, we didn't buy even the brand name Coca-Cola's. We we bought the Lucky. What was that Lucky one? What was the, what was that called? But we whatever the off-brand Cokes. And we thought it was pretty great until afterwards. People say, "How come you always just give us turkey hot dogs and you know not you know?" But but you know we, we did it just to have people over. Okay, it it didn't matter what our house looked like. Now we I mean we made it try as we made it clean, but it, it, there wasn't anything impressive in our house. But it was an opportunity to connect. And so don't, don't let artificial things keep you from connecting with people. Just have open hands and open arms and, and ha- take what you have and, and just invite people into your, into your life. 
Make sure, you know, and look, at, I'm not talking, I love food. I'm not saying, don't, when you invite me over, give me turkey hot dogs. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, don't, but don't get caught up in it, right? All right, fourthly, I grabbed this one out. Stop asking Jesus to make people be just like you. Do you ever fall into that? Maybe you have conversations with people and you don't like how they live or how, what they do or how they respond, and all of a sudden you're trying to remake them. That's exactly what, what, what she was doing. She was trying to make Mary into a Martha. There's a, there's a reference there if you want to look up later. John chapter 21, verses 18 through 22. It wasn't just the, the women had a problem with this. The men did too. Uh, this is after the resurrection of Jesus in John chapter 21. And, and if you remember that, that passage in John ch- chapter 21 where Jesus restores Peter into the fellowship of kind of the, the group that's going to follow him and serve him. And he had denied Jesus three times. And, and so Jesus has this conversation kind of where he restores him three times. Do you love me? Of course, you know I love you. Do you love me? Of course, you know I love me. You know, that kind of stuff. And he restores him. And then he tells him, you're going to be honored because you're going to live for me. And actually, you're going to, you're going to give your life for me. And he gives him all the details of that. And all of a sudden, Peter goes, well, what about him? What about John? What's going what, what, to happen with his life? And Jesus says, don't worry about him. You, know, you, you go down your path. Don't worry about what John's going to do. But often we fall into that, don't we? And we want people to be just like us. But here, what, what's the real point of this passage? Look at, look at the last section here. And really, this is what Jesus wants, is that the point of this story is prioritize the time to get to know who is most important. You know, he says to, to Mary, but the Lord answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and bothered about so many things. Jesus, it, Martha was bothered inwardly and outwardly. You know, she, she was OCD about a lot of different things. And so he, he lovingly but strongly calls out her name and says, Martha, Martha, just don't get caught up in the details. But only one thing is necessary. For Mary has chosen the good part which shall not be taken away from her. Martha was trying to drag Mary into her world. Her world being caught up in so many things that she was missing out what was most important. I'm sure we never struggle with that, right? We never struggle with setting aside time to be alone with God. We never struggle with time spent talking with God intently and purposely. We never struggle about putting our busy life ahead of gathering together for worship or spending time in a small group. You know, we, we, we never struggle with extending ourselves to help someone in need when we're just too, too tired of, of, of what we're doing and we just have to have rest. And we never struggle with when we worship really being focused on what are we singing when we sing. We never struggle when we want to do things our way and not God's way. And so in this story about a simple occasion in the life of Jesus where, where Jesus 
comes into a certain village, meets a, a woman named Martha, is welcome, which is a great thing that Martha did. She, she welcomed in her home, which was not the response of many towns that Jesus went into. Did well there, but then all of a sudden everything began to change. What started well did not go well for Martha. Because what Mary did, she did something well. She went and what should happen when you have people here in your home, make sure that you're connecting with the people in your home. And so she sat at the feet of Jesus, which is, is obviously profound because of who Jesus is. And then Mary responds and, and, and just can't handle that because, look, at you, you've got to change all of this. But, but she was so distracted by so many other things. And then she jumps up to the point where, where she actually wants Jesus to change Mary into who she is. And he says, Martha, Martha, you've, you've missed it all. But there's one thing you need to do. And what Mary has done is set an example for you. You know what's the good news about the story, if you know the rest of the story? Is Martha got it. Because you go in John chapter 12, and it's, it's the experience of Mary and Martha losing their brother. And you know who comes out to meet Jesus first? It's not Mary. It's Martha. And when he comes out, she comes out to meet Jesus, you know what happens? She gets it right. When he talks about that there's life after death, he says, I, knew, I do know that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Which is the same thing that Jesus, that Peter said to, to Mary. To, to, the same thing that Peter had said to Jesus when he said, you know, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but this comes from God himself. And so Martha, who does not come out so well here, learns her lesson. And in times of need, and when she hears that Jesus is coming, she runs to him, and she proclaims who he is. And that's where we all need to be. We, we need to realize that we're all kind of wired differently, and that's okay. But what we want to do is make sure we get it. Do we really know what is really important? In fact, that's a great question to ask almost uh, every hour of every day. Am I doing right now what's really important? And what God wants us to do is, is not just put him first, but bring him into everything we do do. When, when, she, was, when she was preparing the, the house or the home and the food, if she had done it for the purpose of, of just really blessing Jesus, then she could have done that without complaint. But what caught, she got caught up in is what she was missing or comparing herself to someone else. And as we think about our life, as we go throughout this week, what's going to really matter? Is it going to be the people around us and our relationship with God? Or are we just going to be caught up in all the things on our to-do list? What really matters? What really counts? Let's pray together. Father, this is a familiar story, but so often with familiar stories, we, we get caught up in the extremes. And we think it's all about being either a Mary or a Martha. It's really about being both. But what really matters is that we understand that, that people really matter to you. And Father, we would pray on this day, this day after Thanksgiving, that in the midst of so many things to be thankful for, we would pray that we might recognize that the most important thing in all of life is that Jesus came for us. And, and maybe there's someone here this morning and they're, just, they're distracted. Maybe distracted about what's going to happen this next week or 
the struggles loved ones are going through. Or, and these are all important things, but what's really important is that we bring you into all of what we're going through. And for that to happen, we really need to know you. If I would, I would pray each one here that has come, that they might have come to that place where they, they believe that Jesus loves them. And though we've messed up and we've gone our own way, that Jesus, Jesus died to clean up that mess. He died for our sins and rose again so that we could have life. And we would pray if there's anyone here this morning that doesn't know you, they might just surrender their life to Jesus today. Just believing and trusting in who he is and what he's done. And Father, I would pray this week that we might do that which is really important as we think about what life's all about. And we pray this in Christ's name. Amen.